All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub, and also affiliated with Big Cat Country. This is Corey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. We are recording on Wednesday night. Uh, it's a roller coaster season so far. Uh, 27 to nothing shutout victory over the Colts. Spent up and down, up and down every other week. Uh, my lingering thought before we kind of get into it is. Uh, whether Jacoby Brissett is dead, because I'm pretty sure he is um, after watching that game with how many times that guy's gotten hit. I'm pretty sure he died, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. We are actually joined today by Big Cat Country contributor Ryan Oblenis. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Hey, Corey, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, and uh, we like to have Big Cat Country contributors on now that we're officially affiliated with uh, Big Cat Country. Yeah, welcome to the team. Yeah, yeah, we just try to say Big Cat Country as many times as we can in one episode. So We need to get like a uh, a, a register, like a cha-ching, every time we mention it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys bringing me in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, just kind of reading up a little bit about you, because part of what's fun about this is kind of getting some insight on the uh, people that, that write uh, for BigCatCountry.com. Check it out. Uh, is that you uh, coach football. So what's that all about? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm a first-year coach. It's uh, youth football, so I'm on the JV. They structure it kind of similar to high school, so there's freshman JV varsity. Um, it's pretty competitive here in Michigan, too. Like, you wouldn't believe how ridiculous some of these parents and coaches are for, uh, you know, 10- to 12-year-old kids. But, yeah, my team, uh, we've, we've won seven in a row now, and we're headed to the playoffs, so it's been a fun ride. Nice. Is that because of your coaching acumen, or is your team uh, just that awesome? Or? <laughs> you know, I wish I could take credit for it, but our, our head coach is amazing. I'm a I'm an assistant. So one thing that is interesting, and most people can probably tell it uh, in your accent, and they will definitely be able to tell it when you drop the Jaguars. Uh, well, no, that's that's more like the British thing, isn't it? That's not how you say it, right? <laughs> uh, that's you're more uh, Jaguars. There we go. Uh, is that you're from Michigan, so you're not even from Jacksonville, and yet you're a Jaguars fan, which seems to be a pretty interesting running theme uh, with a lot of guests lately. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you became a Jaguars fan originally? Sure, yeah. So, you know, I think I've maybe met one other Jaguars fan in the state, and he wasn't even actually a fan. He was just wearing a shirt, and I said, oh, you're a Jaguars fan too? And he said, no, I just like the shirt. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, how I became a Jaguars fan is kind of interesting kind of not really i uh, i was maybe like nine or ten years old when i first started getting into football and you guys remember uh tech tech mobile for the super nintendo yeah for sure okay so <laughs> i randomly selected a team it ended up being the jaguars and i said i asked my dad like uh, who, who are these guys and he told me uh they're a newer team you know because this is like late 90s early 2000s and uh I said, okay, well, I'm I'm going to uh, play with this team, and I liked them, and then I started following them in real life. You know, I I watched them any chance that I can, I could. It's hard to catch a Jaguars game up here in the Mitten, but you know, I've been a loyal follower since the age of ten, and you know, I've been been here for all the rough times with with you guys. So, so, so how exactly do you uh, do you get a chance to to watch the games in Michigan? I, uh, you know, I'll either. Go to a buddy's house who has a direct TV. I'll go to a bar. Um, you know they'll have they'll have the ticket too, and you know they'll be playing every other game except the Jaguars game. And I will politely ask them, 
hey, can you please put on the Jaguars game? And they will say, I'm sorry, sir, you're the first person who's ever asked me that. <laughs> yeah. And I say, well, there's a first time for everything, so please put on the damn game. So all the other people in the bar are, like, super upset with you because you're taking up one television? At this partic- particular bar, it was all Cleveland Brown fans, which was also really random. So oh, they had a, their own separate room with a Cleveland Browns party, and you know, I just always think at least we're not the Brown. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You actually join an alumni of different folks who uh, represent Jaguars fans in other places. And I know JK3, I don't know if you ever ended up starting the Middleburg chapter of uh, Bold City Brigade. But, uh, you know, Ryan, that could be your thing up there is the, uh, I don't know what city you're in, but the Michigan chapter, if it's not a thing yet, you could start that. You should do it tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I'm just outside of uh, Detroit. I live in a city called Farmington Hills. But, yeah, <laughs> maybe I can get on there. Uh, so what are your thoughts on uh, Kid Rock not uh, running? <laughs> that guy is something else. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to get some uh, you know, uh, insider uh, accounts on that. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll so, see, yeah, we'll see what he actually does. I don't think he ever really had any uh, intentions on anything political. He just probably wanted to be relevant again. Yeah, you heard about that, JK3? That Kid Rock was going to like run for the Senate or something? Uh, I mean, between that and uh, Eminem right now, there's a there's a lot of political talk going on up there in Michigan right now. So, yeah, I think that was what happened in like uh, was it the Pistons like where Eminem and Kid Rock were both there and like everybody cheered Eminem but booed Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not sure. Well, you wrote an article. Uh, I think today, I'm pretty sure today, uh, 2017 versus 2016, comparing Blake Bortles' first seven games. Uh, subtitle, has he done better, worse, or the same? Uh, which will obviously link up in the podcast, uh, excuse me, which will link up in the podcast description. Uh, before we get into Blake, though, and we're not going to kind of rehash the entire game like every other person's done uh, over the last couple days, but just to chat a little bit about the Colts game, uh, quick recap there, uh, 10 sacks, uh, TJ Yeldon, 122 yards on nine carries, which is crazy. Uh, that 58-yard run was super exciting. Alan Hearns with 101 yards on five receptions with a long of 50 yards, so lots of big plays. And uh, this is kind of what I mean. And JK3, I'll, maybe I can get you to elaborate in terms of it being a roller coaster season. Is that, and I just feel like I keep going back and forth every single week. Is JK3, is it that? we're good or are we are the Colts bad or is are these just matchups I mean why is it I I mean I wish I wish there was a way that we could you know where we could put a, a pinpoint to it and to see uh you know lay it out just as simple as it good or bad uh this was an absolute coming out party that we needed for Blake uh the Colts aren't the Colts of what they used to be so of course it was kind of like an opportunity for us to get on track with some things for us to see but then again when you come up against a team that has a pretty uh, lax uh, pass defense like the uh, like the Ravens did um, you know like the uh, Colts do as well you you tend to see a good uh, a good or even better Bortles but I think Blake uh, you know is reliant on our defense you know our defense has a good day a good day either Bortles and the offense has a good day so I think they both uh, kind of correlate together. It just seems, uh, you know, I just, it's hard for me to really get super excited. And I, and I just, as sad as empathetic as it is, I mean, I am excited about the national media attention because that's sort of something we've all been craving, or at least uh, people typically write about on social media is that we don't get enough attention. And you can't, you can't scroll through Facebook. You can't look at NFL Network without some mention in some capacity of the Jags. I mean, there was even, I think the NFL 
official Twitter account had posted a picture of like the Monstars from Space Jam, but like the Jaguars defensive players instead, which was really cool. I mean, I don't know. I, I like the attention, but um, Ryan, what do you think it is? I mean, is it just is it just a case of matchups where we can't get too excited? It just depends on who we're playing, or do you think that Jacksonville maybe has a chance at actually doing something special this season? I I do. I think at this point, anything less than a division title is, you know, kind of a disappointment. And, you know, preseason, you wouldn't think that, but based off of what we saw, you know, the, the division is weak, right? So there's no reason that they can't win this. And another thing about the Colts win, yeah, I know the, the Colts are in shambles right now. I mean, their defense is awful. They don't have Andrew Luck, but, you, you know, um, Jacksonville is winning the games that they should now, you know, other than the Jets game, but... <laughs> but right you know <laughs> that's yeah, my point <laughs> right but you know the any other year you know the jaguars are expected to win a game and they lose you know they go into indianapolis and crush them and that's what they are supposed to do and that's what good teams do is you know dominate lesser teams so i'm yeah i'm pretty optimistic yeah, I think the division title would be, uh, it's not something I would have anticipated before the season, but uh, JK3, would you say it's pretty much just us and the uh, Titans? Because I, I do see a lot of people saying Houston, uh, is, at least in some power rankings, I think it was maybe it was Pete Prisco's power rankings. He actually had Houston and Tennessee ahead of us, which seems kind of crazy. But uh, do you think that that's a, a lofty goal, or do you think that um, you know maybe it's a little too early to be shooting for something like that? Uh, I mean, of course, I, I think the division championship would be great to have but um, i'm just gonna go ahead and drop a name drop right now with uh duval native on twitter i had a conversation with him the other day at work and it's one of those things where it's like okay we get a we win a divisional championship that's great um but this team has been very um you know lackluster at home so when you win the divisional championship that means that you host a home playoff game and the way these guys have been playing at home I don't know if I want them to win the division just because of their home record. I would much rather see this I would much rather see this team um you know take take the you know maybe the wild card position. I don't know if the wild card will be like a 9 and 7, 10 and 6ish or whatever. Um you know the division championship would be great to have, but I would much rather these guys go deeper in the playoffs with the way that they've been playing at home versus the way they've been playing on the road. Yeah, that's actually, like he said, that's a really good, interesting thought, actually. And it's almost kind of a depressing thought, too, because, I mean, and again, and Ryan, you you know, you tend to be uh, into the uh, the data uh, portion of, the, of this as well. But, I mean, I mean the, the home losses that we've had, traditional home losses, I'm not talking about the U.K., and we love the U.K., <laughs> but at least the Jacksonville games we haven't won. So is it, I mean, is that a, you know, kind of a small sample size for this season to really make too much of a judgment on it yet? Or do you think he has a really good point with that? I, I think it's a great point. But, um, you know, this year the Jaguars have played better on the road, too. But obviously the last few years they they haven't played well there either because they haven't played well anywhere. So, you know, I'm hoping that (laughs) I'm hoping that it's something that will, you know, kind of turn itself around. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the deal is with that, why they play so poorly at home. Um, You know, maybe I need to get down to Jacksonville and be there in person, be a good luck (laughs) charm or something. But, you know, I. I think they'll turn it around. I'm more concerned about uh, their even odd week things. You know, they, they play so well on uh, odd numbered weeks and so poorly on even numbered weeks. I don't know. Just like a, <laughs> you know, Dr. Jekyll yeah, and Dr. Hyde thing. So hopefully they can figure this all out. I saw somebody post about that. That seems uh, 
I don't know, just like a coincidence or yeah. something. But it is, de- yeah, I mean, but it, it is good news, though, because I guess, uh, was it odd and even numbers or was it just every other week, I guess, that it was up and down? Because I guess, um, well, I guess that makes sense because we're talking about week numbers. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what saying again, yeah but. Uh, good point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, next week's the bye week, so that's good. So then it should come back right back to uh, Jacksonville against Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. <laughs> should be back-to-back wins there. Well, like you said, the way they've been playing, you know, it is an odd week. So maybe there'll be like a full moon where we win at home. Uh, I mean, we are wearing the teal jerseys again. Uh, it is an odd week. So, I mean, the stars are just aligning for us to get a home home W, right? Yeah, Carlos Santana in Daly's place yesterday, he was performing up there and he had the teal jersey on. So that was pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, there's a packed house, too. I guess nobody uh, was super upset that uh, he had a Jaguars jersey on. Um, okay, so Josh Lambeau, who's excited? Because the extra points <laughs> were very solid. I had no anxiety. Once he hit the first kick and pretty much uh, each one after that, they all looked solid. So I think that we may have solved that problem, at least where we're not as worried about it as we were in the past with uh, with Myers. So, I mean, that was one positive. Um, one thing I'd want to point out is uh, Blythe, who we had on a couple episodes ago. Um, uh, Brumleaf had a, a podcast the other day on her site, um, and her whole premise was is that the fans actually owe. And I'm JK3. I'm curious for your thoughts on just this premise that we actually owe Dave Caldwell an apology. That essentially we've been too hard on him, and that a lot of the uh, performers that you know, even from this past Sunday, I mean, they weren't all just brought on when Tom Coughlin was here. Uh, they were, you know, attained or uh, you know signed and, and drafted prior to that too. So, and a lot of them are just coming to fruition, I guess, as far as the performance that we expected of them in the past. So, um, first things first, do you agree with that assessment that Caldwell is owed an apology, or maybe shouldn't be we shouldn't be as harsh on him? Um, because I, I honestly, after listening to her podcast, I feel a little bad because when Derek and I recorded it, I think it was like an episode or two ago, I was talking about nothing but firing Caldwell and getting a new quarterback. And now I almost feel like I was, you know, maybe overreacting a little bit. No, I mean, it's, it's coming from a, from a, a fan base that hasn't had a winning season since 2007. So if it takes this guy, um, you know, maybe three was is this his third year, third or fourth year? I believe. Who, Dave or fourth Blake? year? Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave. I think like fourth or fifth, maybe. Fourth year. If, if it takes him four four years to to write, yeah, his fourth year to to write the ship. Um, you know, right now he's getting the heaviest of his contra or his his criticism. Of course, he had to go ahead and rid. Uh, you know the the uh, or get not really rid, but clean up the roster, clean up the house and everything else like that. But I mean, you're, you're, you're coming from a, a fan base that's hungry for W's that's hungry for wins that should have been in, uh, you know, in a lot of games, you know, last year. And we dealt with so much more of the losing than what we needed to. The reason why Dave Caldwell, Caldwell doesn't deserve an apology is because we fired a coach almost what we, we Gus Bradley was here for, uh, uh, pretty much a majority of the season last year, and then we hired the offensive line coach that's been there the entire time. <laughs> so why put us through the agony, agony, agony of, of that the entire season when the guy that you're going to hire is right under your nose? What, what's the point of that? Which I don't understand. Then you bring in Tom Coughlin, and you know you bring in this roster assessment and everything else like this, and you're going to do this all these assessments and basically call out for help, saying that hey, I need you to come in and be the executive vice president of football operations or whatever, kind of oversee what I'm doing. 
and but we're going to hire the guy that's already here right underneath our nose. You can go back maybe two or three years when Marone all of a sudden just left Buffalo because he had that clause and he just came to Jacksonville to be an offensive lineman coach. No, it was a chess match. He knew it was going to happen. He knew Gus wasn't going to be the guy to get the thing turned around. Uh, and, and kudos to him for that. But I mean, Caldwell doesn't deserve, you know, an, an apology. He's hit on, you know, a couple draft pick, or he's hit on a, a lot of draft picks with Ngakwe. Um, to much everybody's chagrin, Fowler. Last year, everybody was trashing Fowler. So, um, you know, maybe those people owe him an apology that were killing uh, Dante. But I think with him hitting on uh, Ngakwe, uh, you know, him hitting on Jalen. Uh, and, and you know some of the other players that he's hit on um, right now. Let's let's give him another draft. Let's see if he can replicate, make magic again next year, uh, and see what he does exactly with the quarterback position. That's what I'm really excited yeah. about. Yeah, I guess the uh, the lack of action on that itself is one of the biggest things that most people have been upset about. But what do you think, Ryan, with the, with Dave? I mean, do you agree with Blythe's premise that? Uh, we as fans maybe were a little too harsh on him and that perhaps the fourth year in is the uh, plan coming to fruition, I guess. Yeah, actually, I, 2013 was his first year, right? So I guess this will be his fifth year. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I can agree with that. You know, I've seen a lot of, you know, the fan base kind of go after him. They weren't happy with him. You know, I've made some comments, too. I, I have never been you know, totally opposed to him or wanted him fired or anything like that. But I thought much like Blake Bortles, this was a make or break year for, for him. So, uh, you know, if he didn't show me something this year, then yeah, I would want, uh, you know, to make a change there at general manager. But I think, you know, the Jalen Ramsey pick was great. You know, he fell to us and I wasn't sure that he was going to. And, you know, he hit that pick. Like uh, like JK3 said, Yannick's been incredible. Fowler's looking a lot better now. Um, you know, getting Cam Robinson in, in the second round, trading up for him, that, that you know, that was a great move. Cam's Can't forget like, about Miles Jack yeah. either. Miles yeah, Miles Jack, Jack trading up to get him in the second round as well. So, you know, he he's definitely made some questionable decisions. So, you know, there's no arguing that. But I think, yeah, maybe we, we were a bit too hasty. And, you know, we should we should give him some more time you know a lot of the times when you know think about the team that he took over that was a complete rebuilding project and you know those defense that he's been able to bring in through the draft and free agency has been incredible so you know he definitely deserves some praise too but um you know we i don't think he should be completely off the hook but like I said, I, I never wanted to run the guy out of town or anything, so I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, I think the biggest problem, at least for me, is just the time that it's taken to get to this point. Maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that you know being patient is uh, is part of uh, ter- you know long term success for an organization is is you know that slow rebuild. But it just seems like there's more teams that that tend to to pick it up and, and, and turn it around a little bit quicker than that. But if this is the result, is 27 to nothing wins and you know, potentially a, a record-breaking sack season in NFL history, then uh, I guess I accept it. I'm good with it, I guess, in the end. Um, sure. We'll just have to see how it plays out for the rest of the season. But um, that kind of led me to think, back to Bortles and your article too, do we owe, and maybe not an apology, but are, with Bortles, are we a little harsh on him even? I mean, back to the episode a few uh, episodes ago, I mean, I, again, I was in the whole boat of we got to get rid of this guy right now and let's talk about trade, trade, trades. And 
and I, I was even messaging back and forth with the guys that run one of the New York Giants podcasts that we uh, chat with occasionally, and they were wanting us on to talk about the Eli Manning trade rumors and everything. And yeah. you know, Blake looking at it, close to fourteen hundred yards this season, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. You know, he threw for over three hundred yards in the Colts game and looked uh, pretty good. So I guess, uh, and Ryan, we'll start with you. I'm starting to wonder, you know, am I or I guess we as a fan base? Uh, more critical of Blake because of the, again, past years of compounded misery. Are we being too harsh on him? Is he turning a corner? You're, you know, what's kind of your assessment on him at this point? So, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, most of, you know, most of the uh, hard time that we've been giving him is warranted. You know, he, especially last year, you know, he was bad. He, he was a reason why the team was, you know, he was a primary reason why the team was bad. This year, um, what they did was take the ball out of his hands. You know, he's he's turnover prone. So, if you uh, you know, the first thing that I put in in my article was just the high level statistics, and you can see that he's attempted almost a hundred passes less uh, um, this year than he did through seven games last year. Uh, you know, so. We're running the ball now. We have a ground game with Leonard Fournette and Ivory. And like you said, Yeldon looked good with a Fournette out. So getting the ball out of his hands a little bit more has helped. Uh, you know, the the one thing that I take away from my article is that he's still throwing interceptions kind of at the same rate. So even though he has less attempts, his um, interception percentage is still about the same as it was through seven games last year at 2.6%. And I think that's also the number that he finished at last year. So, you know, he's still turnover prone, but I would say that he's not losing games for us this year. Um, he, you know, he, he's kind of managing the game better. He's been incredible in the red zone. And he was actually last year too. But, so I think that, and and just like I was talking about with Caldwell, I said all, you know, all summer long, no, I don't, I'm not ready to move on from Bortles yet, but, you know, this is a make or break year. If he doesn't show something within the first quarter of the season, then there needs to be a change at quarterback. But, you know, he's, he's led the team to four and three. He hasn't, it hasn't always been pretty, but he's had some great games against Indianapolis. He had a great game in London against Baltimore. He's, you know, I, I think my biggest takeaway from my article is that he has improved from kind of a bottom tier quarterback to more toward the middle of the pack. He's, you know, he's just kind of meh. He's just kind of there. He, he's not really making a difference one way or the other. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, one of the things that we wanted him to be was just average. I, I think the general consensus was if Blake was just an average quarterback, not even a game manager, just an average quarterback, uh, this team would be a lot well off. And uh, I mean, it's proven that, but what's kind of, you know, kind of, kind of sad is that the, the, what you've seen on Sunday and, and what you saw in um, London are like the best Bortles that you're going to see. You know, I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him ascending from from what he did on Sunday and then a, a couple of weeks back any more than that. You know, that's what you're going to get if you get a, a a Bortles in a situation where he can throw a high percentage, um, you know, crossing route, not an out route because his out routes are terrible and people just sit on those and take those to the house all day. But if he he throws a high percentage, uh, you know, 
in in route, you know, a couple screens here and there to get his his, his throwing motion and get his confidence built back up. Uh, you know, then that's what you're going to get. I mean, even you know, Mercedes Lewis has been his his uh, security blanket in the red zone, who's found the fountain of youth. I don't know how, but I mean, he he's been there uh, making some great catches as well. Uh, and, and then some of his downfield balls, uh, you know, have been have, have been kind of decent. His medium to uh, intermediate routes have have been pretty on point, and uh, I, I kind of like that he's you know, uh, putting the ball on the receivers where they can either stretch for it and no one has to make a, a expect a spectacular play for like a five-yard gain this this year. Yeah, um, another thing that, that I found while I was writing my article and uh, you can see in it is uh, how he's done in different areas of the field. So his uh, directional passing for uh, target depth and location, um, which, which I get this information off of Sharp Football Stats. If you guys haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. It's you know, really cool, really insightful. Um, but yeah, on, on passes of uh, 15 yards or more down the middle of the field, he's six to 10 for 161 yards, a touchdown, one pick, a rating of uh, 98. So uh, last year, through seven games uh, on passes in the middle, 15 yards or more, he was just 11 of 30. He threw two picks, just one touchdown, and he had a rating of 50. So, you know, he, he is getting better at that uh, deep more intermediate routes and you know that's a that's a positive sign for sure so what type of routes and what type of balls do you think we need to keep putting him in the situations to where he can throw and what type of routes and uh things do we need to stay away from uh analytically speaking i think that uh he's still better off throwing uh shorter routes um and and especially to the right side of the field you know he's a right-handed quarterback so he's better um you know, so things like curls, maybe, or even comeback routes, you know, like you said, stay away from the out routes, but, <laughs> uh, and, and probably, you know, don't, you don't need to throw a bunch of vertical routes or anything like that either, because, you know, a lot of the times those will get picked off. So, you know, I think keeping it kind of short and intermediate, those kind of routes, slants, even drags, you know, things that are quick hitters, you know, and, and especially now, you know, cause a lot of teams are probably putting, uh, more often against Jacksonville, putting eight in the box and trying to stop the run game because, you know, Leonard Fournette is an animal. So, you know, it's kind of, can Blake take advantage of that, I guess, is, is what we're going to need to see throughout the rest of the season. You know, Football Outsiders, you referenced them, and they were, you know, super, I don't know if you got the last almanac, but they were down, down, down on Blake. Like, they just, yeah, they, yeah, 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 several that. paragraphs even written just about yeah. uh, his uh, not being good. So, you know, you say, you know, he's moving from, you know, bottom to more uh, middle tier on DVOA, DYAR, and, and by the way, a quick plug to go back to our listeners to listen to the episode we have with Aaron Schatz, uh, who was... Uh, about as down on Blake Bortles as you humanly can be. So, um, are these signs of Blake? You know the imp- the incremental improvements that you mentioned. Are they signs of him becoming a better quarterback, or kind of what I was thinking in the back of my head as you guys were talking? Is it is it more of a sign of just a better supporting cast, more specifically with a good run game with Fournette? Yeah, you know, I think it might be a little bit of both because the cool thing about these football outsider stats is is it actually takes into account, you know, the opponent that you're playing and, or, you know, adjusted yards above replacement. So, you know, it's actually taking into account that high levels, uh, things that high level statistics don't take into account. So, you know, how good is the opponent that you're playing? And, 
And last year, he had a, a negative 10% uh, DVOA, which was just 24th in the league. You know, those numbers, the higher you, in a positive marks, the better off you're doing. And this year, he's uh, at plus 3.8%. So he, he's gone from 24th to 17th. And that's kind of like what I said. He's kind of gone from the bottom tier quarterback to a middle of the pack guy. You know, so it, to see him in the positives is is definitely a step in the right direction. So, and, and I'm going to ask both you guys this. So, JK3, I'll start with you. With the improvements that we've seen, you know, the assessments that, that he's made with his article and kind of the statistics that we've looked at. And by the way, the red zone stats are crazy. I mean, that was that kind of blew my mind. I had no idea that he was uh, as good in the red zone. As, as, yeah, he's deadly there. Yeah, that was really interesting. But um, JK3, I'll start with you. Are you for, at this point, because I think the deadline for the trade, uh, the trade deadline is like what, like six days or five days or something like that. Um, are you for or against any moves at the trade deadline at this point to improve quarterback uh, for this year or do we just roll the rest of the way with what we have because my personal opinion is i i mean this is again i seem like such a flip-flopper and don't listen to me for any good insight or anything okay people this is all opinions mostly emotional and have nothing to do with facts most of the time (laughs) um because i'm probably going to change this next week but at this point I would say, me personally, we just stick with where we're at. We keep our assets with our draft picks and just try to improve the team more so next year um, and see how it plays out. But, you know, where are you leaning at this point? Uh, I'm, I'm leaning with, with staying with it. Look, we made the decision. We gave him. We exercised the fifth-year option. There are some promising things here. And, like, as everyone has always said, we just need Blake to be average to, to in order for this team to be good. As much as... A lot of people are also thinking that Blake is the reason why we're losing games. It's not. This year, he's not the reason we're losing games. He's not throwing back-breaking interceptions. We're not having those those interceptions or those turnovers at the wrong time on the wrong side of the field. He is still turnover-prone, yes, I'll give you that. But his turnovers that he's making right now aren't as costly, if that makes any sense. The reason why this team is losing games right now and losing games they should be, number one, our special teams uh, against... Um, the, the Rams, we left we, we gave up two touchdowns and left nine points on the board from a sorry kicker. Uh, and the same thing with uh, the, the Jets game. How many opportunities did Myers have to, to win the game? Exactly. So hopefully Lambeau can fill that void. Hopefully we can get better on special teams. And hopefully Blake can still continue to be the, the, uh, the, the average quarterback that we need him to be. And let the defense and, and everyone else continue to sort everything out. One thing that you'll we get also here in the next uh, half of the season um, is we get uh, you know D.D. Westbrook. Uh, my friend Joey Farinacci mentioned Westbrook comes back, com- brings a completely different dynamic to this team that uh, that we have at receiver. So we've been missing Allen Robinson uh, for, and he's going to be gone for the entire year. We let the chemistry continue to build with D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Allen Hearns, Keelan Cole, uh, and throw whatever kind of screen plays you want or high percentage screen plays that Bortles does eventually hit and see where this team takes us. Okay, so that leaves you, Ryan. Are we uh, making a, a last-second deal to get Brandon Allen back from L.A. or uh, Eli or uh, politically inclined free agent quarterbacks? What are you thinking? You know, yeah, I don't see you know pretty much any chance that a move happens at quarterback because you also have to remember when you bring a new guy in, unless he's coming from a similar system, he has to learn a whole new offense 
And, you know, it's already almost halfway through the season. So it just doesn't make sense logistically. And I think that, you know, I think this team can get to the playoffs with Blake. I don't know if they would go very far with him. But, yeah, I don't think it's worth trading away draft picks or, you know, another player at this point. I wouldn't mind trading for a wide receiver. Um, JK3 brought up how... Allen Robinson's out for the season. You know, DD's coming back, but he, he's still banged up. Um, you know, and that's kind of an underrated point. I don't know, if, you know, if Robinson never got hurt, I don't know if it changes the passing offense at all, but it at least gives you that big playability. You know, a guy who can go up and jump out of the building to catch balls. So, you know, if, if they were to make a move on offense, I'd rather it be, you know, wide receiver than quarterback. So, but I don't. You know, I don't see them making any major moves, but we'll see what happens. Another thing, too, you got to think about, because, uh, I mean, we're indirectly talking about Eli Manning here <laughs> uh, uh, coming back. He's got a, the, the quarterback or whoever is making the trade has got to want to come here also. Right. I mean, you, you can't just say, all right, hey, uh, Eli Manning, you're gone because, I mean, it's it's Eli Manning. He's just. A, a two-time Super Bowl champion. So I think he pretty much has some say in where his career goes right now. And at least he's kind of, kind of earned that, but I do agree with you. Um, you know, that, that would be, uh, be really nice to see if we can get a receiver in here. Maybe, uh, you know, a Martavius Bryant, there's some things going on with him in Pittsburgh. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, we really shouldn't have got rid of Max McCaffrey. I mean, that guy seemed pretty awesome, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's no christian yeah. but that guy's stats are bad this year by the way i think we were texting about that the other day i mean he's not yeah i would have much rather had leonard yeah so uh kind of shifting gears and again we'll put that uh, article link up in the podcast description and we'll also uh put your twitter handle up there so everybody can give you a follow um we kind of wanted to you know chat a little bit about some of the questions and comments that you guys sent via social media so facebook and twitter um mitchell on facebook uh, he actually sent us some pictures he was at the game in indianapolis which was cool so we uploaded those the other day he had a couple takes number one josh lambo is great so that's Always exciting when you uh, start off with with kicker feedback like that, um, positive feedback. Number two, listening to the home crowd boo their own team at halftime is great. And number three, the entire team looked great. Special teams did a complete 180. So, uh, so that honestly would have been an awesome game to be at live. By the way, quick note, did you guys see the the clip of the, like, what was that thing with the kid like who uh, kissed <laughs> his girlfriend or something? He looked like he was 10. Was that a, that that was the that was the funniest thing that I'd ever seen. And some people are so quick on Twitter because it happened when I was watching it live, and I just said, "Did anybody? What the hell just went on? Did anybody see that?" <laughs> and everybody's like, "No, no. What what just happened?" I was like, "Yo, this like ten year old kid just open mouth kissed his mom on national TV, <laughs> and it was the most Jacksonville thing that could possibly happen." <laughs> and then I, I I logged on to Twitter, and as soon as I it's there. It, there, there it is, and I'm just like, oh my god, this did is you, great. Did you see that Ryan at the sports bar in Michigan? No, I must have missed that. But. All right, we'll have to link you to that. It's the most like it's weird. It's just uh, I don't even. I, I'm nobody's even come out with more information on that either. We need to do a whole like investigative episode in just that moment. I mean, it was very bizarre. Um, yeah, quick comment on Lambo though. I uh, I was very happy that they finally got rid of Myers. I actually wrote an article in preseason after Myers missed. A bunch of kicks like here are three kickers the jaguars need to bring in for a tryout immediately and then they ended up bringing two out of those three guys in but didn't sign any 
All right, so um, we'll kind of go through. We got a lot of Twitter stuff, which was really cool. And uh, quick shout out to the the five star review we got uh, today as well. We've been racking those up, which is just so cool that you guys do that. Uh, John three eight three eight had left a five star review. Uh, headline: Great podcast. Exciting. He said, I love listening to these guys because it's like talking with my friends about the Jags. No holds barred, and they have passion in the fandom. Uh, Keep bringing it, guys. The Jaguar fans need this. Yes, they need this. I like that. That's good. Um, Okay, so some of the uh, questions. So the first one, and Ryan, I I know you probably have – you might have to tap into the analytics and and really, you know – dig deep for this one uh who could run for more yardage in an nfl game right now Corey or jk3 <laughs> so uh what's your guys is 40 times yeah so jk3 you said you you thought deeply about this uh today i think you said yes for all of for all of my uh jacksonville natives you, um I, I i work on the south side so i have to take 295 over the buckman so you know i have a lot of time on my hands to think and uh, I played out realistically game time thinking uh, how much, how many yards can I run right now in the uh, superior athletic shape that I'm in right now? Um, I would probably get maybe 30 to 35 yards hmm. on how many carries now? Uh, maybe like uh, 50, hmm. <laughs> like 50 carries, but I'm going with a smooth 30 to 35. Yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. I'm pretty good, so it'll probably be like 100, something like that. Um, okay, so next question is, I know, and this is from Jay Bennett 13 and um, Ryan, I'll, I'll start with you. I know it was one game, but should Yeldon be the number two for the rest of the year? Ivory seems like a bad version of Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there's different aspects. You know, Yeldon, he's a better pass blocker, for sure, and you know, people kind of forget that there's this other element of playing the running back position, you know, especially on third downs. It's important to have a back in there who can block and who can catch out of the backfield. And I think Yeldon can do both of those, but I, I, I prefer Ivory. I think he's more of a bull. Um, he can run people over, you know, goal line. You know, Fortnite's going to get the goal line touches, but when he's out, like last week, you know, Ivory's the guy for that situation. And, you know, I, I just kind of favor... Ivory, I mean, I kind of wish that all three of them would be active in a game. You know, I like Grant, too. You know, he's fast, and he, he changes the pace for those guys who pound the ball like Fournette and Ivory. But, you know, maybe maybe try that the combination of those three and see what happens. But, yeah, I, I think I'd still go with Ivory right now. What do you think, JK3? Um, yep, Ivory and, or Fournette Ivory. You know, TJ Yeldon. I, I, I'm not. I'm still not sold. I do agree that he's a he's a good pass blocker, but uh, for the type of ball that they're playing right now, that smash mouth football, he's not the guy for it. So uh, Ivory, yeah, yeah, Fournette, Ivory for sure. Okay. He also threw in expectations for Didi. I think we'd all agree that he's probably going to be. I mean, I would think that he's going to come in and probably make a pretty big statement. I think he'll become a pretty uh, a quick uh, favorite target of Blake. What do you guys think? Got to remember that, you know, D.D. was playing against three and fours in, in the preseason. So guys that he was way more athletic than uh, it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, if, if that does translate to, uh, you know, some of the corners that he's going to be facing, uh, you know, off the off the top of my head. Um, I'd be excited to see him play against that Seattle defense. 
um, you know, that, that's coming to town. Uh, if he is healthy, it would also be good to see him playing against that, that Cardinals defense as well with Patrick Peterson and uh, the Honey Badger out there also. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he, he wasn't facing the best talent out there in the preseason, but, you know, but he did look good. And I think, you know, he, he was really a first-round talent, but he had some off-the-field issues that kind of dropped him back in the draft. You know, uh, a Lednikoff winner. So I don't think we should get too crazy with it. I don't expect him to go out there and catch 10 balls for a for 100 yards and two touchdowns in his first game back. But, you know, I think uh, if you can get him the ball in space, he can make he can make some things happen. So is there a stat or I'd be interesting to see if anybody can find out on Twitter or uh, maybe give some of our listeners some homework. But I know that Didi's got the Bolitnikoff and I think Marquise Lee has the Bolitnikoff as well. Has there ever been a team with two Bolitnikoff winners on it? That's a good question. That I mean, the Bolitnikoff, for people that don't know, is like the, the nation's best uh, wide receiver. So I know Marquise Lee got it at USC because he was just an absolute beast there. And, you know, Didi at Oklahoma. So that'd be uh, really interesting to see if, if there is a team with uh, multiple Bolitnikoff winners on it. Yeah, I think he won it 2012. Hmm. Yeah. So there's uh, some homework, and uh, we'll reward you with a uh... – like a cool emoji or something. If somebody, or, or if we have any more of those okay. stickers, you know, those laptop stickers. <laughs> yeah, I think we're out. Unfortunately, I'll I can draw them a copy of the logo. All right, so um, Gareth, who is one of our UK uh, listeners that we uh, call our UK correspondent, he uh, wrote us. Uh, Do you think my and I love his word usage here? Do you think M- Myers being binned has sharpened up Blake? <laughs> Playing, playing bad as a has a consequence. Blake only shines against certain D lines. Keep or Ben. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go ahead and and, and shout out shout out to keep. Gareth. We're gonna go ahead and keep um, with, with with Myers being Ben though. It does send send something that uh, that the fans needed. The fans have been crying for Myers to get cut, like literally crying. This guy is. is he, he's like a shotgun. He's inaccurate, but he's got a bunch of power. And so, I mean, if you're trying to, you know, blow a door down, then yeah, you're going to use that. But the situations where we needed field goals hit, they've been literally within like the 40, 50, uh, 45, you know, 30 yard range. And if this guy's missing extra points and like when he hits his extra points, they're like fading towards the right or the left upright. Like they're just barely making in. So uh, I'm definitely a fan of Myers being bend. Uh, I hope Lambeau can continue to uh, continue to show what he's done. Yeah, so Ryan, what do you think uh, with with? I think we already kind of touched on this, but Blake, Ben, or yeah. keep? Yeah, we'll we'll keep him for now, but you know, he better shape up if he doesn't want to get binned. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, uh, Julie uh, sent a Twitter question: um, Do you think that we will make it to the playoffs? And do you think we will have consistent wins after the bye week? Which I think she's kind of getting at the premise that we had earlier about, uh, you know, what, what our expectations are for the for the, the the entire season and that kind of up and down, you know, win lose win lose good bad good bad that that kind of awful rhythm that we've been into. So um, I think we've already touched on that. But you guys, I mean, I, we, I think we're all in agreement that we're going to make the playoffs at least. Right? Got to win those AFC games. You, you, you have to. You got to win the AFC games. So your games that are coming up against uh, the Browns, you got to win the Browns. The games that are coming up against 
the Bengals. Got to beat the Bengals. You got to beat the Texans. You got to beat the Titans uh, again. You got to beat the Colts again right there. You win those five games right now, that automatically moves that team, uh, moves this team to uh, you, you, to nine wins, nine or ten wins. Uh, and, and then, you know, you still won in Arizona. And, you know, maybe drop one at home to the Seahawks or, you know, you can afford to lose one of those uh, non-conference games. But it, can, it can't be the AFC. You, if we have any playoff hopes or any chance to be taking, you know, light or, you know, heavily in this division, we got to win the AFC games. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think nine or ten games will win this division. And, you know, what JK3 was saying earlier that he would almost rather get a wild card, you know, I... I think it might actually be easier to get to win the division than to get the wild card, um, you know, just based on the competition. But it's possible. And, you know, yeah, so I, I think we will end up in the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know if, if they'll win a game there. But, uh, you know, so we play the Titans again. The Jaguars and Titans have split every season series for like ever now. So that should should be a win because we lost the first game against them. Uh, you know, I think the Texans are going to put up more of a fight this time with uh, the next time around with Deshaun Watson really kind of coming into his own right now. Uh, you know, J.J. Watt is, is out, though, for the year. And I think Merciless is as well. So, right. you know, that'll help. But but I think their offense will fare a lot better. Um, you know, and then the, C- the Seattle game is probably the toughest game on the schedule. So I think those three will be, uh, you know, will really test the Jaguars. And if they can win win the other games uh, that you mentioned, you know, the Browns, Cardinals, you know, I think we'll, we'll be all right. But I think they need to win two of those three games against Seattle, Tennessee, and Houston. Right. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to that Seattle home game, by the way. And if you and if you want, Ryan, I can do a little uh, illegal periscope from inside the stadium so you can watch if you'd like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. That's, that's how I that. watched most of the uh, McGregor fight is jumping in and out of different periscopes. <laughs> All right. Um, so that kind of a good follow-up question. Uh, what record could win the division? So I'll start with you, JK3. So what record do you think will win the division and what record ultimately do you think we'll have probably? Um... So the record that will win this division. Um, hmm. So I think a ten and six will, will, will win this division, um, simply because we've already. I, I think uh, Tennessee and and ourselves were leading the division right now. Um, already won or already lost three games. Already won four. I think both uh, teams have the opportunity to rattle off a uh, another six victories uh, because I am a Jaguars fan and I pay more attention to the Jags schedule. Uh, our schedule is favorable. Um, you know, I, I think we the Bengals, the Chargers, the Browns coming up. Uh, you also have the Cardinals, the Colts, Seahawks, like we just mentioned, 49ers. Also, that's the W. There's a couple of wins that can string in there. But I, I hate to sound repetitive. Is about winning the AFC games. We gotta win the AFC games in order to keep ourselves relevant uh, and to keep ourselves in the playoff hunt. But to uh, long story short or long answer short, I think ten and six will win this division. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I second that, and, and you know, possibly even nine and seven. It's just so wide open, and I really think it is between uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville. With you know, Houston kind of has a a long shot. You know kind of a dark horse like i said watson coming into his own i wouldn't be surprised if they made a little bit of a run but 
I really think it's the Jaguars' division to lose right now. As long as they beat Tennessee the next time uh, they play them, which is the last game of the season, you know, I have a feeling that actually that game is going to uh, be for the AFC South title. You know, I think it's going to come down to that. And I think the Jags do finish right at ten and six. So I think the yeah, I'm calling my shot now. They're gonna they're gonna beat Tennessee in Week 17 to win the. You, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> yes, and that is a good lead-in. And I'll start with you, Ryan. Paul says, will the Jags host a playoff game this year? Uh, yeah, like uh, like JK3 was saying, if we, we win the division, we will host a, a playoff game. But is that really good news? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they play poorly at home. But, you know, ten it'll be 10 years since the last time they made the playoffs. So I have a feeling that, you know, they're going to leave it all out on the field if they get there. You know, these the fans in Jacksonville have been starving for good football for years. But yeah, I definitely think that's within the realm of possibilities. Possibility. Yeah, JK3, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm interested in that, but I'm still protesting, so I'm not really sure if I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, let me know where your seats are so I can move down. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so I think so. It seems like I I think we all think we're gonna win the division. So I guess the playoff game at home pretty much uh, is a uh, given. Um, okay, and then lastly, we'll finish up with this. Well, we had two, so we'll do the two really quick, quick headers. Um, Ryan, what are the chances the team makes a major trade at the deadline, quarterback or otherwise? Are we gonna make any trades that you think? Yeah, like I said earlier, I really don't see it. Um, they might do something minor. I definitely not at the quarterback position, possibly for Martavis Bryant or somewhere at, at wide receiver, but I really don't don't see them making a huge move at all. Yeah, JK3, you think we're going to make any trades? Uh, the only thing I can see, even if it does happen, uh, is, is the Martavius Bryant thing. But again, I, this team has kind of shifted away from some of the outspoken um, receivers or outspoken um athletes that kind of create a ruckus in the locker room with that i don't i don't think it'll be a, a move we continue to skate through uh, with the personal that we have right now um you know you're you're a sixers fan i i guess we just trust trust the process right yes <laughs> well i'm not uh they did uh sam hinky dirty so i'm not really too much of a fan but on the other side of that though that um you know yeldon has been in trade rumors ever since the preseason. Oh, so yeah, yeah. He might be somebody to uh, to keep an eye on, especially after his performance on Sunday. You know, he probably got more interest because, you know, he was inactive for so many games beforehand. Um, you know, teams might still be interested in a, a blocking-type back who can catch out of the backfield. Uh, they might, you know, want to see what they're able to get for him. And then if we keep him, it's kind of a win-win right now, you know, with, with the way he performed, so... See what happens. Yeah, that. no, absolutely. That's a good thought. I, I completely forgot. I actually read a couple articles about uh, him as being a potential uh, trading uh, chip, I guess. Even the, one of them, I guess, was saying that we should trade for more cornerback depth, too, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, once you get past Colvin on the depth chart, they really don't have much. And, you know, the, the top two are obviously incredible, and, and Colvin's held his own. But I think because of that, people don't seem to realize that there isn't great depth. Uh, at the quarterback position on this yeah. team. Um, by the way, uh, Bleacher Report, Jaguars uh, give linebacker Telvin Smith four-year $50 million extension per Adam Schefter. So Really? Pretty cool, yeah. Pay yeah. him. Pay him. Pay that He's man. Paid. 
he is paid. It's it's been done. Um, okay, and then lastly, uh, and JK three, I'll start with you. Highlight of the season so far for you? Ah uh, man, highlight of the season. Um, I'm gonna go with. Oh man, that's a tough one. There's been uh, there's there's been a, there's been a couple. I, I think Jalen's uh, Jalen's interception, well, his two diving interceptions that he's had. He had the one against the uh, the Steelers where he kind of dove in front of the guy, uh, the the tight end, and then another um, that he had in uh, Baltimore or against Baltimore where he uh, kind of dove and then you know ran the ball over to that Jags fan that had his jersey on. Um, he's just an absolute freak athlete. Uh, I think it's just been one of those things where the respect is there. Um, the defense is just just unbelievable. And uh, and, and as an honorable mention, I, I think Telvin's interception return has been was was pretty awesome. Also, Ryan, what you think? I, I got to go with the Leonard Fournette wave. Yeah, I mean that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. just you know sets the tone for this whole team with the tenacious defense. And you know we're gonna run you over. Come try to stop us. You know I, I just thought that. You know, if, if I saw that on another team and it was another player, I'd be like, oh, I don't like this dude at all. <laughs> but because it was Fortnite and the Jaguars, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, no, that was definitely cool. I mean, mine's probably uh, probably a tie between that weird kiss thing uh, <laughs> and uh, really not to like not to be super lame and just point out the, the, the last game like I don't remember anything else but i mean just the 10 sacks against in fact the two 10 sack games but especially the one against the colts lastly just because it really felt like every single time that guy went dropped back to pass it was literally like we were going to sack him every single time so that was pretty cool um but i'd probably i would probably yeah, i don't know how percent walked away from that yeah no it was insane i mean i just say it was unbelievable so um so yeah, uh, that's that's probably uh, probably it for me. So any uh, any final thoughts from either of you heading into the bye week and the trade deadline? Uh, as far as uh, how you're feeling as uh, Jaguar fans at this point, JK three, I'll start with you. I'm feeling good, man. I, I mean, you know, as as all the negative stuff that we talk about, and you know, some of the things that we're starting to get picky about, it can be way worse than this. Think about it. The last ten years where we've been at this point in the bye. We've been already looking at mock drafts in October. So uh, right now, knowing that, that we, we probably will not pick in the top 10 is a great feeling for me right now. Um, I'm enjoying everything. I'm enjoying seeing, um, you know, the, the talk that we're getting. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing how much the, the team has started to gel. And I'm enjoying the identity that they're, they're starting to build as well as that defense. Um, it's just something that I'm looking forward to. Very weird spot to be in. Uh, winning at the bye week, but hey, I'm going to take it and, and hopefully we go in. Yeah, you know, I'm feeling pretty good too. You know, like I said, this team is, you know, they just go into games like we're going to hit you in the mouth, deal with it. And I like that a lot. But at the same time, they have to find consistency. You know, we talked about the even and odds or the home and roads. And, you know, if they're going to be a successful team, they have to consistently win. They have to win back to back games, um, you know, and then maybe even three in a row and, and just string wins together because, you know, if they continue on this uh, trajectory, they're actually going to finish eight and eight. So, you know, they need to, to find consistency and put together a few um, winning streaks. And, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I love this defense. I love the running game. I, Bortles in the passing game are going to have to find a little bit more, you know, contribute a little bit more. Uh, 
but yeah, I, like JK3 said, it's a weird place for Jaguar fans to be in, but it's an awesome feeling. All right, so we will kind of leave it there, and uh, we're probably going to record, I don't know, JK3, we're going to record next week for the bye week, probably, right? Uh, I mean, why not? We can just talk about some of the, the Jags opponents and see who's done what, um, and, and you know, we, we, we got to keep giving the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, uh, it's like let's not get conceited uh, that review that review was cool uh but it's still like we were talking about beforehand it's still like crazy that people actually listen to this and enjoy it so we really appreciate it i mean insanely so i mean that's just really cool all the comments that you guys leave especially five star comments in fact those are the only ones we like so don't leave anything else <laughs> um okay so that's pretty much it uh ryan again we really appreciate you uh joining we will be sure to link up that article and your twitter handle in the podcast description um again guys you can catch us on all the major podcast platforms apple podcast google play uh, stitcher soundcloud um, we are also on twitter at down by the bank uh, our individual handles are in the bio uh, feel free to check us out on there just to see when our episodes are coming out or just you know whatever else and then facebook as well so um that is pretty much it uh we appreciate you guys for listening and thanks again ryan for joining uh, it was a lot of fun yeah thank you for uh, having me on i hope to do it again sometime i had a lot of fun yeah absolutely and uh we will talk to you guys next time